0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Modern Nerd. My name is Tim Bolin, and I am, as always, a massive nerd. And I have here with me a very special guest, someone I've known for a couple of years now, I think at this point. Um, he is a, a producer in the gaming company, a gaming industry, excuse me, uh, worked for such uh, companies as Design Interactive, Scientific Games, Certain Affinity, uh, BioWare. Uh, he's worked on numerous games, Uh, including Witcher 3, Dying Light, James Bond, Lord of the Rings games, Hasbro, uh, the list goes on. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Mr. Aaron Cook, right to my left, right, depending on how this edits. Sure. Yeah. Hey, thanks. How are you today, sir? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So um, I know a little bit of your history. We've had time to chat and get to know each other. Why don't you give a, a quick little rundown of uh, who you are, uh, what you do, and uh, your time in tech and games? A couple minutes. See how it goes.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, so SparkNotes version, um, you know, working at Design Interactive is where I really cut my teeth. Started there as a research associate doing human factors engineering. Uh, it's basically just factoring for the human component in a system. Uh, While I was doing that, I was also sort of interning, freelancing on the side, doing similar work. Uh, And that was where I was able to work on games like Witcher 3 and Dying Light, a few other uh, AAA titles, but yeah. And then after uh, I moved on from that, I I eventually went on to scientific games where I, I really stepped into the role of production more. There I, you know, it's, it's a lot of the project management, uh, product management kind of work you're, you're dealing with scope and schedules and managing communication among the team, all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, it was really, it was a really great place to, to work and to learn and to, to grow. Uh, while I was there, I, you know, I worked on tons of licensed intellectual property, uh, and got to, yeah, a, a lot of, a lot of the licensed IP comes from that time. Cool. And then, yeah, no, it was great. Uh, joined certain affinity during the pandemic and uh, helped them work on halo infinite. Nice. Uh, can't go into too much detail there, but yeah, it was, it's it was fun. a great experience, a lot to learn. And uh, a- after about a year there, I didn't feel like it was the best fit for me. Great company, awesome staff, really cool people, but I didn't like being in a co-development environment at the time. Uh, And so I was looking to step more back into the the lead developer type role. Uh, Eventually found myself at Bioware where I'm at currently and absolutely love it. Currently working on Dragon Age and can't wait for everybody to see the game when it comes out
0: yeah i've i've played some of the old dragon ages and and i couldn't get too too deep into them because it's just it was a little slower paced for me i i'm a very quick paced kind of guy for games but uh they've always been beautiful and and so i know that everything that comes out of there is going to be pretty great so I'm, I'm very excited to see what you guys have been working on and, and see what's coming um so uh, uh, that's fantastic uh and and like i said I, um a lot of the stuff, uh, as you were saying, we, we can't talk too much detail, but Halo Infinite, gorgeous game. Uh, I love it. Um, so uh, excited to see more work coming from, from you. So, um, kind of going into the past. So, if growing up, were you into video games?
1: Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah.
0: We had a, a Sega
1: Genesis, and I played yes. the heck out of Sonic 2, and we had a SNES and an NES. Uh, I was, you know, I was always, I was the little brother who was always Luigi. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was always, when... I was the
0: big brother with Mario made my sister. Sure, sure, Luigi. Sure, sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, no, uh, absolutely in the games from a very early age. So then at one point or at, uh, with what moment would you be able to say, or was there one where you can say, you know what, I want to do this, I want to work in games, because you had a, a, a lot of stuff that you did before this, where did it kind of happen where you were like, I want to get into video games, like, that's what I want to do, I want to produce video games, I want to work on them, I want to be integrated in that world. The, the first time I had
1: ever had any sort of inkling of that was, I was growing up in middle of nowhere, Tennessee, right, tech isn't really a big industry, or wasn't at the time. Chattanooga's made some stride and stuff but uh, it, it really wasn't something I had considered as a career option uh, or saw other people doing or any of that so um, but the, the first time I had any sort of notion of that was I was uh, at my grandma's we rented I think it was like Tony Hawk Pro Skater three from Blockbuster nice uh, and yeah 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 I'm, I'm hanging out with my cousin and Uh, I think I stayed up all night making a Walmart themed level in Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And in the morning my cousin was playing it and like the way his face lit up and the joy that he had experiencing that, I was like, this is really cool. Maybe this could be a thing that I could find a way to do more. And then I sort of fell away from that for a while and got really into music and I got my my undergrad in recording arts and as part of that experience uh we started doing sound design and stuff for games and and i was like oh yeah i forgot that this is like of course this is a career of course this is a thing people do professionally like i'm paying for this experience obviously somebody's contributing to it like it's it's this weird thing where like until you realize that it's an option you don't realize that it's an option Sure, i I don't know
0: i don't know if that makes sense it's, it's probably like a, you know, nowadays it's probably so many people's dreams, you know, just sitting there playing games. They're like, man, I want to be involved in this. I have so many ideas and, and everything like that. And, you know, I know I do when I sit there and I play games and, and I'm just like, oh, this is so cool. Like, I love it. And I'm, I'm pulling away from working in the games, more so talking about them and, 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 and expressing, I think that's more my niche, but um, for, for you uh, getting into the games Uh, industry, what, um, what have been some of the hardest things to kind of overcome when working in the industry that you didn't expect? You know, I know that everybody kind of has that kind of feel for, oh, it's a very competitive uh, uh, industry, it's a very male dominated industry. What are the things that are not sort of mainstream that are, are, were difficult to kind of overcome going from something in tech or a different type of industry into the gaming world that, that one might not expect? Yeah, it, that's a good question.
1: I think for me personally, uh, one of the things that I didn't expect was the, the degree of collaboration. Right, like obviously you're going through school and everything you understand that there's all these different disciplines. Um, but really with like scientific games, that was my first time working on content where it was so exhaustive and so expansive. So, you know, the the way that companies sort of facilitated and orchestrated, uh, they build their own hardware, they, they develop their own operating system, their own GDK and then the game as a software layer on top of that. And so that was a really intense experience where like I'm commuting, communicating with like hardware manufacturing and solving issues with like, we had a problem with our, where there was like a, an issue with like an IR sensor. Uh, so there's this infrared sister sensor that wasn't picking up something on like this optical strip. And it like, those are the kinds of problems I just didn't ever foresee or expect to face. Uh, but it's like, it was a great learning experience because you go through that. And then you go into AAA where like, you're not building hardware. You don't have to worry about those things. Like if you're developing for console, the spec is set, right? So you're not developing the spec as you're developing the game. Uh, so that's, that's been a nice reprieve working more in AAA. It's,
0: it's almost felt a lot more relaxed nice in some regards. Sure. I'm sure it's, yeah. I'm, I know that it can be very stressful and, 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 you know, especially in like crunch time and everything, it can be pretty intense. So, um, okay. I, I like that. That's, that's not something I would have anticipated myself either. Um, what kind of And maybe this is kind of off of that Uh, and anyone watching, I'm looking at my list of questions. I'm not just staring off into oblivion. Um, What helped you prepare to go into the gaming industry, to go into the interviews for gaming industry? I know it's like an insanely long 17 step process practically for interviews, but what helped you prepare to get into this field Uh, as opposed to how you would prepare for another corporate gig or a tech or retail or something like that. Like what mindset did you have? What did you do to kind of help prepare yourself mentally and, and, and type of like portfolios did you build and have to do and change? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's not dissimilar from any other uh,
1: professional field. Um, You know, there's, any sort of corporate job you're going to go to school and have to have a bachelor's to try and, you know, have the base level of understanding. Um, I I personally went for my master's because I was fortunate enough to have the GI bill at my disposal and uh, had that as a resource to help cover some of that. So that, that was why I had made that decision for myself. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's no different really than any other sort of professional field where you, you go and you study at school and you, uh, you learn, but I don't think that that's the only path. And I've certainly met folks who uh, have come up through like the modding community and have cut their teeth there, or they've been an indie developer and they've sort of developed their skill set and proven their chops and everything. And have, you know, worked their way in from another uh, avenue. It's, it's, I'm working with some folks now who uh, used to work in oil. It's um, yeah. But, you know, project management in any sure. industry is the same fundamentals and principles apply. So it doesn't, uh, you know, it, there's no, I, I wouldn't knock them for having come from another industry, right? Like it makes sense that that they're going to have these like really detailed processes and rigorous systems to help, facilitate projects and make sure that they get done on time like they're really good at their job because they came from such a, a, what i would assume is an intensely regulated industry i mean
0: i would imagine yes that yeah. is one of the most highly regulated industries um so you you're talking a lot about producing and project managing and that's what you do mostly um so uh, you know it it Some may say it's not the glitzy and glamorous version of, you know, like uh, um, character design or, you know, that kind of stuff, level design, art design, those types of things. So can you just give a quick little, what's the difference between designers and people like that versus producers? Give a little breakdown of kind of what you do on a, more on a daily. Yeah. So
1: the way I, I always introduce myself, if I'm at some sort of not industry specific networking event is that I'm a glorified project manager. Sure, Right. So uh, it's a lot of the same scope schedule kind of stuff with project management Um, with production. There's also an element of, of like leadership and uh, getting into product management, which is, you know, defining the experience and and making sure that the team is driving towards delivering that experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and then with, uh, you know, designers are different in that they set sort of the more detailed specifics of what that experience is. And then they go in and refine how the player experiences that. There, there's this concept in games called the, the loop, right? So it's, it's your, what is your gameplay loop? Uh, and, and that can be represented on different levels, but you have... You know, you're, you're like 30 second moment to moment gameplay loop, like, we'll use Elden Ring as an example, right? Everybody's playing it right now. Uh, yeah. The, the loop there is you you go and run around on Torrent, you find something interesting, you interact with it, there's probably some kind of combat encounter associated with it, you get some rings, you do that until you have enough to level, and you level up, and like, that's that's the loop, right? Right. Um, and the ways that and designers sort of play with that loop and, and massage it and find different iterations of the same thing and different ways to deliver the same experience and nuanced ways to deliver a different experience that feels samey so that uh, you, you can have sort of a dynamic experience as you're going through a game and it doesn't feel static. It doesn't feel stagnant.
0: Okay. I yeah. dig it. That's, that's cool. So um, all right. Now, we'll shift a little bit here. Um, You've worked on many games, uh, a bunch of different titles. Um, I'm sure there's going to be games that you've never played that you've worked on, games that you have the opportunity to then play. That being said, uh, being so engrossed in the industry and having worked so hard on things, um, I guess it's kind of a two-parter. Are you or have you ever really played any of the games that you've worked on for leisure like is that something one that even still happens or are you just like i've spent the last couple years of my life working on this one title and i don't really want to play it anymore because i know and it, it's just kind of been ingrained into me and i'm, I'm done with it or uh, and i guess this the second part is like when you play other games are you then still able to enjoy them or are you you know, micro analyzing everything and being like oh that they you know I know why you know this is here and how they did that and all that kind of stuff are you still able to pull yourself away so uh, have you played uh, any of the games that you've worked on that, that you still enjoy or do you lose some joy from some of the playing some other games you maybe haven't worked on that kind of stuff
1: yeah I mean I I always like to play sort of the final experience that gets released to the wild and, and give it a little screen time. And, uh, some of them, I, 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 like fall in love with in a different way. Some of them I'm like, cool, that was a fun couple hours. Like that's, that's all I'm going to put into it. Like I've already, you know, I've done the tutorial area 87 times by this point, like I'm, I'm done. Right. <laughs> uh, so like, it's, it's been a mix, but, uh, yeah, like, and, and then it, Jumping to the other question of like, how does it change the way I experience other games? I I think it's almost like being a musician, listening to music. It's kind of like that where like, it doesn't necessarily hurt your ability to appreciate music. It, it expands it in some ways. You're able to appreciate different things that you wouldn't have been able to before. Like you can understand the the level of work and appreciate what somebody had to try and figure out to do. To deliver a particular thing especially if they're using a proprietary engine yeah like there's just more
0: nuance that you're able to appreciate i, I dig that i like that a lot um i can kind of relate i i've, I've not really worked in an industry where it's given me that same sort of uh, uh, ability like I haven't like I worked in glasses you know I can look at somebody's Mm -hmm. frames and kind of be like oh I know what you wear you know it's cool I know how they made that and some of that's kind of cool but it's not really in my day-to-day but I did a little bit in the comic book industry for anyone who's unaware I made my own little mini indie comic self-published and I worked on it I did the colors I did the writing and a buddy of mine did the art and the lettering and I watched you know we did the whole process so being able to see how that went and, and, and what happened, I was able to kind of enjoy some of the other uh, books that I read and comics that I read and everything, but it's not in the same level. It's probably you and, and other people in the industry, but it's always really interesting to kind of see, you know, somebody, the way somebody goes into a game and the way they think going into the game, I'm going into a game and, and I'm just like, show me something cool. Tell me a good story. Like, you know, um, I, I want to I want to be immersed, but you know, again, someone on on your side or, or other people who are working in the industry, they're you know, you're probably immersed in a different way. You know, you're still in it for the story and and there for the gameplay and everything, but um, I can kind of appreciate uh, a, a different set of eyes looking at the game a different way than I do. I think it's really interesting and and, and really intriguing. So, thank you for that insight. It was it was very cool. Um, so. What, uh, having worked on so many different things, uh, uh, especially, was it Psy Games or, or certain, certain Affinity, I think you said, where you were able to work on different A, uh, IPs, is that correct? Uh, no, so that was scientific games where scientific I worked on games. a lot of licensed uh, intellectual property. Yeah. W- yeah. Is there uh, any specific IP like licensed product that I- exists that you were like, Oh, I think that'd be cool. Um, me hearing that you worked on something for James Bond, I'm a huge James Bond fan. So I'm like, that's awesome. That's super cool. I think that would be a lot of fun to just be immersed in some behind the scenes. Is there any licensed product or something that you would in the future be like, Oh, I'd like to work on something like that. Cause it's something you enjoy. Yeah. I mean, I,
1: i would love to work on dungeons and dragons content i love DD. i'm a huge DD nerd i've been running a a campaign for like three four years now your uh your wife was actually a part of the early phases of that campaign i think i had
0: i think i've seen her um uh character sheet still oh yeah 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 cool that was cool yeah um yeah, D and D is huge right now. I, I tried to play it for a little while, and and I think it was just the group I was with. I didn't really know anybody really well, so I didn't get super into it. And, and a buddy of mine, uh, Dan, who's on uh, the podcast with me, he um, he's super into it, and he watches um, Critical Role uh, and, and everything. And I know that's huge. And they have they have a um, an animated show now of uh, mm-hmm. Critical Role, but they can't really say any of the names of the characters or the spells because of licensing and all that stuff i guess so they change it a little bit that's kind of what i heard he's trying to get me to watch it i might watch it eventually but oh it's great it's yeah yeah
1: it is amazing it is peak animation titmouse knocked it out of the the park with like okay it's like if you look at like the fundamentals of animation with like weight and timing
0: and action and like they just nail every single one and it's just it's so yes. solid. Yeah, oh, I, I will watch that for sure. I love animated stuff. That's one of my things. Right now I'm going through, it's old, but I'm watching uh, Legend of Korra again. I'm in like second mm-hmm. season for like my fourth time, third time. I don't know. Actually, that's going to be one of my, if, if you tune in in the future, that's going to be one of our uh, podcasts is we're going to break down Legend of Korra, like deep dive into it, Ooh. like we did our Avatar one. Um. So I'm, I'm very excited for that. Um, yeah, that would be another fun IP to work on could be at least it, it
1: depends on like how you're approaching it but yeah that sure. could be amazing yeah
0: they're they're doing nickelodeon is launching their own like avatar studios and Ooh. so the the guys uh michael dimartino and martini martino and um brian kanetsko they're doing uh excuse me more avatar stuff and and their own things they dropped out of the netflix show to go do it so i'm oh wow okay. I'm Off. i'm I would never really had that much faith in the Netflix live action show. So I'm like, eh, but they're going to go do stuff more animated things and movies and TV shows. And so I'm excited for, for all that. Um, Before I go too far onto an avatar uh, nerd out, is there uh, off of that last question, is there any like um, game uh, uh, title or um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, That you'd want to work on essentially, you know, like, um, like a series, is there a game series you'd like to, to, to have? Sure, yeah. I know you worked on like Halo and you know, you're currently in, in um, Jesus. Dragon Age. Dragon Age. Thank you. Yeah. Man, my brain isn't working. Um, what are some of the, some of your dream ones that, that if you had the opportunity uh, you would in the future? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of living the dream right now with
1: working on Dragon Age. It was one that I've always wanted to work on. Loved the, that, world and story and i don't know it's just it's great the other ones that i diablo has always seemed very interesting uh yeah it's a it's a fun grim dark world but like it doesn't it does and doesn't take itself too seriously i don't know it's yeah the other one would be uh I'm very interested in the things that FromSoft does with its storytelling and and the way it approaches narrative, where it's it's obscure but deep and and rich and compelling once you finally understand all of it. FromSoft? So, uh, yeah, FromSoftware, the makers of Elden Ring, Dark Souls,
0: mm. Uh, mm. Bloodborne. Yeah. Got it. Sekiro. Got it. Yeah. What was that last one? Uh, Sekiro. I think my buddy's playing that right now. Those yeah. games are super intense and super time consuming and i don't like the closest i've gotten to those types of games right now it was the it was an ea um, star wars jedi fallen order where like okay it's not on the intensity level but they have some of the mechanics where like you play through and if you you die you lose your you know some of your character progression then you got to go back to that last character and then you got to fight them again and then get your points back and blah 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 blah. so that's a lot of the intense parts where i'm like that's <laughs> yeah no respawn did a great job with jedi fallen order yeah yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy it. it it's got its flaws don't get me wrong uh from a from a consumer point of view um some of the gameplay the the fighting and, and interacting could be a little bit better and a little less stiff but i'm on my second playthrough so i can't complain too much too much about it it's it's no marvel avengers they're not going to screw it up you know what i mean so that gameplay was terrible um i actually hadn't played that one i'm not i'm not familiar with what the experience was like it's on game pass i think for free now so if you want to go see what not to do definitely you can try and play that um they're they're releasing new content for it too um jane foster uh Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's timely. Yeah. yeah. And I'm excited for that. Well, I'm excited for the movie more so. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's a weird one. Uh, and then we're going to kind of get into nerding out kind of stuff, which I'm real excited for. So is there a game that came out that you played that you didn't work on that after playing it, you were like, I really wish I could have had some input in this, not because it was poorly done, Necessarily, but you know, all everybody is, is gonna. When I watch a movie or read a comic book or read a story, I'm like, oh man, I would have done this or I could have done that. Or is there something that some game that you played that you were like, ooh, I could have. I think this would have been a fun thing to kind of push people to or 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 help control and that kind of stuff. Is there a game that you would have liked to have done or, or worked on? Yeah, there's a there's a couple um, off the top of my head.
1: Uh, the division, like I love what they did with that series and like it's it's less so like i would have tried to push my own agenda with with any of these it's more that like it would have been really cool to be a part of that experience and to see the process and how it gets made and and like what were the problems they had to solve and like that the stuff that like ends up in a documentary in like 10 years that's the stuff that i would have not 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 for the delivering a particular experience necessarily but yeah uh division uh destiny would have been really cool to be a part of to like understand how they built that world and came up with like the lore and, and understand some of the decisions about why they decided to implement the grimoire system the way they did uh and and see like what were the like what were the conversations going from like one to two and how did the success of one influence uh the execution of two right sure so like that would have been really cool to just to see and be a part of um and then again dark souls right like demon souls came out when i was in i want to say when i was in undergrad and uh one of my friends in school just lost themselves in that game and like wasn't coming to parties and wasn't like socializing they're like sure. no man i gotta get home and play demon souls like and i was like what is this and i checked it out and i didn't i didn't appreciate it at the time uh and then dark souls came out and everybody was losing their mind over it so i was like okay I get, like it's the same thing like i guess i'll check it out and try to understand this uh and there there's like something to those games where I feel like you don't get it until you hit that wall of like this boss is just nonsense and b s and like, what the heck is going on here? And then you beat them and you're like, yeah, take that. like yeah. the that sense of victory mm. yeah that is that's yeah. that's what like defines those those experiences. It's like, oh, I get it now. I'm gonna go
0: play back and play demon souls. that's that's awesome, yeah, yeah, uh, those are all really cool titles, especially um. Uh, the division at one and two, those were, uh, they're an interesting series, those two games, because I mean, they're, they're super, super similar. Like there wasn't a lot of contrast between one and two um, for Mm -hmm. me um and you know i think that that definitely was i think for some people that was off-putting from what i heard from people i've talked to they're like oh i want oh, a little bit more change you know they liked that it was familiar but people are like i wanted something more you know a little little more oomph to it and instead of just more in like story which i enjoyed um but uh i just, i just wanted more of that experience yeah Uh, they're cool games i I really loved playing them i i uh i didn't get as far into two as i wanted to because like my group kind of was like i'm done with this and i'm like oh come on man like i'm like i don't want to play by myself because it really you need that multiplayer experience a lot for me um to really kind of dive into it that's the whole thing you got like a squad and you're going you're doing all this stuff it's a lot of fun so um i love those games um okay kind of ties into the next couple of things we're gonna we're gonna nerd out here and take a a, a shift and anything that comes up I'll, I'll i'll go back to but um and i hope you had time to prep for this question because it is you know every but every gamer's least favorite question what are some of you what are your like top three games top three titles that you've played it can be a series you know like some people are sure. like oh i love the Borderlands series <clears> as a whole but you know in one individual you know what is what, what, what would you say your top three are uh shadow of the colossus is definitely up there okay um that was a ps2 title wasn't it it was a ps2 title that they, one they revamped it for ps3 too didn't they I,
1: th- I don't remember if it was ps3 or ps4 but yeah it them. got a it got a remaster yep yeah
0: um yeah that game was i I couldn't get through i couldn't get through the demo just there was oh. a there was like a, a i came up to a wall a literal wall and they're like go through and i'm like fuck you mean go through like what and it was just so intense and like there's there's just beautiful gorgeous scenery happening in front of me i just i couldn't get through it i don't know what happened and i was like all right next time and then yeah It's like one of those games it's it's hard to do
1: but to to have like an action sort of game that feels cinematic all the time and i feel like they just nailed it uh on on that one it is it like that that's a real challenge because you have to do a lot with like the way you set up your camera and the way you do your like rendering pipeline and when do you take control away from the player when do you not how do you let them control like it there's just a lot to figure out to deliver that experience and they did such a great job um but yeah and then so I gotta pick two more uh, let's say the do Diablo more. franchise okay uh, Diablo three was one like I know I don't know Diablo one and two I, I played growing up with my cousins but then, Diablo three, I always I played with a buddy in, in undergrad and uh, we like got together and played Pathfinder and did all that kind of stuff. And then that game came out and I was like, oh, it's got local multiplayer. Like, cool. I'll grab a copy and we'll go sit on his couch and and like try to play through this in a day. And it was way bigger than I expected. So uh, we didn't quite get it in a day, but we over a couple weekends, we hung
0: out and, and beat Diablo three. Yeah, that's an intense game. Very. Yeah long very intense game i only got into it late when it came to the xbox one i think is when i picked it up somewhere in there and, and played it with a couple of buddies and it was i had a grand old time doing that um and i'm excited for the fourth one which was announced and then i was like cool that's about all we're going to get for the next two or three years though i guarantee it's going to be delayed again and again and again so yeah yeah, and then and then my other one would be the
1: the Dark Souls, Bloodborne, that whole family of games, like the there's just something so deliberate about their pacing that just feels very satisfying to go through.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Those are good. Those are I I've I don't not i don't think I've played I only played Diablo. I don't think I played the other two. Um, I am definitely more of a I love my shooters. I love action games. God of War, that that 2018 release, God of War, is is one of my top Oh, sure. Five. The, like, it the Norse be, remix. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite games of all time. I mean, it was just... Gore. You want to talk about, like, cinematic game. Like, that game was beautiful. And, like, you know, obviously the technology was... Like, from PS2 to PS4 is, like, a, a massive change. We're talking, like, 20-some-odd years in between the two of them. And, I mean, it was just a whole nother ball game so I, I i dove into that one and i loved it um okay now you mentioned that you love dungeons and dragons uh mm-hmm. as as a, a large chunk of the world does um and i know for a fact a little inside information that you love board games as well um yes what are some of your your top games i know what was the i know we played one and i don't remember what it was called i don't remember what we played either uh, whew, that's not going to go well for that. I, I know we played.
1: I know we played. I know we played the not House on a Haunted Hill, but like.
0: Oh yeah, we played the we played the D and D version of that. The uh um, yeah uh Betrayal of Baldur's Gate. Yes, that's yes. the one we did yeah, that. That was one. really fun. Yeah, but we played like a really intense one where there was like different like uh, uh demons or something you had to fight, and it was a dungeon crawler. You had to go through different rooms. Oh,
1: the yeah, that was the the Dark Souls board game that uh shit it was wasn't there steam steamroller steamforged steam something put together sure um yeah i don't remember the name of the that company but yeah they uh yeah it's it's a dark souls themed uh board game where it's like a it's almost like a hex crawl and like each
0: room is its own uh sort of fixed encounter yeah that was intense that was a really cool game and, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed playing that. What are some of the other ones that you like to play? Other ones that I like to play? Man, uh, I mean, I know a lot during the pandemic board games have slowed down because groups of people weren't getting sure. together as often, but, you know, pre and and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I know I like Splendor.
1: Um, it's, a, it's just a solid economy building board game where like, yeah, yeah. people don't like to play that one with me typically. I use I I use like a denial strategy typically when I play, where I'm like, "Well, if you are building like opal (laughs) empire, I'm gonna take that opal, and you're working on rubies, I'm gonna take that ruby." Sure. So your dick got
0: it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm just I'm just diversifying my portfolio. I feel you. I'm the same way. Don't don't (laughs) mind me. (laughs) But yeah, I'm with Catan.
1: Yeah, yeah. People tend to not like playing against that strategy.
0: Yeah, it's not. and then yeah, you get to trade, make shady deals, and everything. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun for the people doing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and they're like, I feel like people take it so personally. They're like, you don't even need sheep. Why are you taking sheep? Like, <laughs> I was
0: like, because you need them. Yeah. So My, I'm not gonna let you have them. I'm here to win. I don't know what you want <laughs> from me, but this yeah. is what I'm gonna do. Um, would you? Would you ever? just completely change gears i don't know if you know anything about it would you ever work on a board game i don't know if it's the same type of industry or or anything like that but would you ever i I would uh
1: i'd be open to it at at least right like it's a it's an interesting challenge set and problem set right like with video games you can patch things with board games you can't really
0: sure i'm Um, sure some of it's designed digitally and then you can kind of fix things and you know, have trials as you go. I don't know. I, I've i I've played a couple uh that were designed by like one person. I'm like, I don't. That's insane to be able to come with that many rules and it's mm-hmm. like ifs and ands and okay, this and that. And I, pff, that's way beyond me. Yeah, I mean,
1: like it'd be fun. I think to work on a tabletop RPG system. Uh, I think that could be really cool. Um, I, I, you kind of do that when you DM, anyways. Like you, like. Um, we were the the party that i was dming they were going to like what is basically vegas in this world cool Uh, this this fictional world that we've created together and uh yeah one of the one of the party members made like some deal with maman who's like an archdevil uh in the third layer of the nine hells who's responsible for like greed and avarice and all this stuff uh and so he was like i want to make vegas and i was like okay if we're gonna have that payoff any time in this campaign we're gonna have to do a time skip so you guys are gonna go to the feywild and like time is gonna pass here and you're gonna come back and now your city is built and you guys can go to vegas so i had to come up with like casino games and stuff like that uh so nice. yeah i don't know there's there's a certain element of like
0: you're sort of always designing if you're a dungeon master or, or a game master for any tabletop system. So uh, being not super versed, I'm going to ask a bunch of dumb questions about D&D sure. and we'll, we'll get into them. When you're the DM, it's I know that there's like a certain amount of levity that you have with it, but isn't it generally like a kind of a set story? and you kind of fill in the middle, like, how does it work? I thought it was like, all right, here's your book. This is what you're going to be playing. Here's like a beginning, a little bit in the middle and an end, or like, does the book tell you finer details? Do you make so up the finer details? There's a few ways you can approach it. So there are adventure
1: modules mm-hmm. where there's a book that's released that says, this is this town, here are its inhabitants. Um, this old man in this tavern has a quest for the party and we'll send them to here right Mm. um so that kind of stuff exists but then you can also just like off the top of the dome like total improv like i'm just gonna make it up as we go and then there's like a sort of a happy medium in between where like you're borrowing stuff that's pre-written um you're preparing ahead of time but you're also responding to things in the moment and you're always responding to something in the moment right players are always going to do something you're not expecting fair especially when like they have the freedom to literally just you're like all right all of the content is through that left door okay we're going what's right through the yeah what's through the right door we want to go that way <laughs> wait, it's wait, like
0: wait. yeah rainbows mm. and sunshine you lose what? what yeah so there's there's a lot of
1: there's a lot of like interesting things from like game psychology player psychology that you have to sort of employ whether you know those terms and understand those concepts or not like you have to you know either present a false option where it doesn't matter what they choose they're going to go this way and but it needs to feel
0: like they did have a choice sure or like sales um, yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) you gotta sell them on the idea that they think they want and then oh i'll choose that one did you (laughs) yeah did you (laughs) yeah um
1: yeah so there's i don't know there's a lot there that's interesting and challenging um i i like i feel like dming has made me better as like a just a professional because like you have to stay on your toes and you have to listen attentively and you have to like you have to be responsive and reactive and decisive, um, but also proactive and like I don't know. It's it's a very. It can be very intimidating uh, at first, but like there's so many tools and resources out there for anybody who's interested. Like just go do it and start studying and get better. Like it, you'll
0: you'll learn really fast from like your first session what you don't know. Nice. And then you can make up like a campaign entirely. Can't you just, Hey, let's all get together. I have, I have a story to tell. Let's tell this story and see what happens and and go from there. Yeah. The way I approach DMing is like, I have come up with a sandbox for you to play in. So
1: there's all these little castles that I've built that you can knock down if you want, or you can go explore and do stuff in, or you can like, right. Like you can do whatever you want, but here's the sandbox I have made.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. That that's like a storyteller's dream, you know, an inner it's an interactive pick your own. Mm -hmm. Uh uh, what was those, what were those old books called? Choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those those are chill. I like those. Um, although I would always be the person who would be like, all right, choose page 42 or 39. 39. Shit, no, 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 42. Okay, cool. (laughs) Like (laughs) I was always that person. Um, I never, I don't think I ever thought to do that. I think in my head I was like, that's cheating. Yeah, I know. It was, but I did it anyway. Um, So that's interesting that uh, earlier you said that it kind of made you a better professional um, in decision making and that kind of stuff in video games. There wasn't actually, um, there's many studies uh, that have said that people who play video games on a more regular basis are actually able to make uh, decisions quicker uh, than most other people because their brain... Uh, sees everything and gets that instant gratification and knows like, all right, I have this opportunity. I'm going to go fight this boss or I'm going to go do this side quest. Like I know if I go fight the boss that it could go poorly and I could lose some of my gear, right? And so they get to see what happens when they do poorly. So then in life, they can be like, all right, I know that if I do this, this might happen. They can correlate the negative effects quicker and understand Okay, well, then maybe I'll do this, and then it'll kind of push them along on their way. It's a really interesting and unique study. I read an article about it. It's almost, it's like almost the opposite effect of like you get instant gratification and instant, um, uh, you see what uh, the cause you have your causality and you get to see what happens in the end, but in life, it doesn't always happen that quickly. So you get the opportunity in your brain to play it through and then make your decision. It's a really unique and interesting. If I had the article, I read it like 10 years ago and I've seen some stuff here and there. If I had it, I'd I'd put it in the comments, but I can't, I can't remember the link for the life of me. Yeah. Um, No, it sounds like
1: an interesting sort of exercise in exposure therapy for failure, right? Like, then- you make a lot of mistakes in games and you you have a lot of failure when you're playing them right like the the number mm-hmm. of times that people like quick save in skyrim before they go into a cave or like i think i can make this jump quick save yeah right like right yeah that makes sense like if you get used to like i feel like that makes you less risk averse potentially in a positive way potentially yeah. in a negative way but hopefully more positive right generally speaking yeah yeah um and then yeah that makes sense that you would have more experience with like weighing your options for different decisions
0: yeah there was a i worked for five years at uh, back in chicago at uh, i'm gonna give a shout out to the wilmette warming house um i was a volunteer counselor uh, for a while a youth counselor social worker if you will and uh, there was a woman who came in um who was who um Well, let me start over. The the place I worked at was a very like relaxed after school hangout, not affiliated with any schools. It was its own building and nowhere near a high school or anything like that. But it was for like eighth grade through senior year. So we could help you get into the school, you know, like prepare yourself for school and then kind of chat and, and get you through high school which are some of the more you know what formulative years of your life where you're going to decide who you want to be going forward so it was super cool but it was relaxed we had like a pool table we had a Wii, we had 360 we had you know we would just hang out with the kids and, and play games or chat if they wanted to work through problems do their homework whatever it wanted it was very uh loose uh, loosely structured but still semi-structured we had nights where we would be like all right tonight's board game night tonight's baking night we had like a little mini kitchen but We had a a woman come in for a a quick, um, not a seminar, but she her her whole thing was she would use video games as therapy, and would would use them to you know, kind of like you were saying, if if if, like they would work through their problems with the games, and 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 then even use it as um, a, a negative loss influence to to help people understand negative effects and outcomes in their own life and and all that it was super super cool and I wanted to work more with her but uh, I lost her card and that's kind of how and I moved out of Chicago so you know that kind of makes it hard to work with someone back there but it was a really unique experience and and I think more people should be playing video games in my opinion Um, it's great great for like helping with problem solving it works you know brain synopsis is firing because you're just doing stuff as opposed to watching a movie you're just kind of Mm -hmm. mindlessly staring you're intaking and processing but you're not outputting anything and you're not reacting you're just sort of having emotional reactions so um that was my little tangent for the moment um what what other sort of things I know you're a musician uh and and I know you nerded out over over my dad's guitar and everything I thought that was hilarious Mm -hmm. what other sort of things do you nerd out over like what is your let me rephrase it what is your go-to franchise you know some people are Lord of the Rings some people are Star Wars Harry Potter Marvel DC like what is your this is my IP that I nerd out and then we'll go into more other nerd things yeah i think i think it's becoming more and
1: more lord of the rings sure um like I'm, I'm listening through the cimmerillion on audiobook uh and like checking out different podcasts there's this one podcast there's like a professor i want to say at oxford uh who's like in literature english lit professor and he's going sentence by sentence through the lord of the rings Jesus. Uh, And doing like a podcast where he's breaking down. Okay, in this sentence, like Elrond says this. So like, let's talk about the greater implications of what that means and like how that impacts the world and what he's referencing here. And like, Goes, yeah, it's amazing.
0: I, I don't think there's any question. Lord of the Rings is your thing. If you're do- if you're doing a sentence for sentence breakdown podcast and you're listening to that, that's dedication. I thought I had yeah. dedication. I was listening to a episode by episode breakdown of Battlestar Galactica. Ooh. that's not even as intense awesome. as you just, it is awesome it's mark Bernardin and trisha helfer uh um number six herself it's i highly recommend it especially okay. if you want to rewatch. you can watch it then listen to their episode and then watch it and then listen to because they'll have it on and break it down as they're doing it so you can either watch it with them and press play or you can watch it and then listen to the podcast. it's cool it's very fun that's really fun okay yeah. But man, Lord of the Rings. You ever been yeah. to? Um, you ever been to New Zealand? You ever done the the? I haven't. Do- I haven't uh, hiked uh, Mount Doom or done any of that. No. Um, definitely on the bucket list, though.
1: Definitely sure. something I want to try to accomplish in my lifetime. How, how did you feel about the Hobbit movies? I was fine with it. You know, yeah. I I understand that. You know, from a creative standpoint, there are some things that going from book to film adaptation is very difficult and. You know, I, I remember when Lord of the Rings came out, people were complaining about the lack of Tom Bombadil, but like that is, like if you were to put that in film, that would be a very abrupt challenging like... Beat. I never read it. I don't even know what you're uh, talking about. It's it's, uh, it, it's before the, the Hobbits reach the Council of Elrond. Uh, they basically get sucked into the Feywild by an Archfey and are in this like time bubble and he's just like singing songs and it's it's like a it's it's like if you like it would be like inserting a scene from mary poppins
0: into lord sure. of the
1: rings right like it's just a huge tonal shift is it's, it kind of
0: like that that tunnel scene in willy wonka the original charlie and chocolate where you're just like what the hell yeah. just happened yeah yeah
1: it, it less nightmare <laughs> inducing sure, but yeah definitely sure. Definitely very odd and like out of place. Like I it, it I think it works in the context of the books because it's sort of this like moment of emotional reprieve for the reader and for the hobbits themselves and their journey. And like I think it has some better narrative implications in, in a longer format that can take its time. But when you have to fit something into a like two, three hour
0: time slot, you yeah. gotta make cuts, right? Oh, yeah. So we can't um, all be the Snyder cut. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. even Lord of the Rings, the extended ones were like three hours long each. Like that's still a long movie, but they don't feel long when you're watching them because it's, it pulls you in and and it, Guillermo del Toro and then the cinematographer, like everything about that was just the movies were so amazing. Just so fantastic.
1: Yeah. I, I definitely prefer the lord of the rings movies to the hobbit movies but that's not to say that i dislike the hobbit movies
0: i didn't like the hobbit movies the first time i watched them i re-watched them out here okay so when we moved to england the first month we stayed in an airbnb and the tv had it was like a you know like a jvc or something dumb Mm -hmm. and it was it had the fire stick to it but like you'd be watching something and the audio would cut out but it would just keep playing And then it would catch back up. You're watching Netflix and like it just would do this. And so we had the subtitles on, but I still enjoyed the, I enjoyed them more the second time than I think I did the first time, which I know a lot of people have said the opposite about. They're like, the more I watch it, the more I dislike it. And I'm like, sure, I I can see that for sure. But I I did enjoy them for what they were. Um, I think there was less character development because you were like, hey, here's like nine identical dwarves good luck like i i just in the movie there wasn't enough and that's why he did it for three movies but i just was like these are all like the same character i couldn't mm-hmm. tell you any of their names half of them sound the same so but i but, still yeah you know.
1: i i can i can appreciate that I, I think if you had read the books like going into the films you're able to have a greater appreciation maybe probably um but yeah the Like for for the past few years, our Thanksgiving tradition has been, we're gonna like put on The Hobbit while we cook all day, uh, and like sort of watch that in the background. And then when it's time to feast, we put on Lord of the Rings and watch through that trilogy. And that's the one we like actively pay attention to.
0: Sure, yeah. So are you a are you a a TV watcher while you eat? Do you get you sit down watch a I don't know. Most people aren't, but like you like putting on a show or something like that. Yeah, you, yeah of course. Yeah, like for for lunch or for dinner. Um, l- lately,
1: so uh, I just forgot the guy's name. Dan Floyd. He's an animator. Playframe. He has a a YouTube channel uh, called Playframe. He's playing through Elden Ring right okay. now. Uh, and he's doing like an hour at a time. It's a blind playthrough. And has he never? He, he never played it before. He's never played Elden Ring before. He's played all of the FromSoft stuff with the exception of Armored Core. Uh, and he's like just absolutely blind going into it and like filming four or five episodes at a time. So anytime he does go to check the comments, there's like a decent lag. So you'll like... Sure. He, and he's he's got a really good community too where you know the comments are pretty wholesome and people aren't telling him how he needs to play or you know you, you know how you get the the like oh you used a summon like you're not really playing the game like you've got those people but yeah. then you also have the people that are like if you're not using a summon you're not really playing the game cuz there's all these tools to experience like sure. i don't know uh he he doesn't have any of that in his community it seems and good uh we tend to like he's currently putting out an episode monday tuesday thursday friday oh wow and we'll yeah yeah that's uh so for like dinner or we'll we'll like watch that while we're uh chowing down on dinner and watching him struggle through you know liernia or someplace that we've already beaten
0: sure sure yeah nice so uh what are what are some of the other things in your life that you love to nerd out over because a lot of you know the reason I called this the modern nerd is because I am a huge nerd, and mm-hmm. you know. But the past tense in the past, nerds were, you know, not cool. You know that that was mm-hmm. you see that's depicted in the movies mostly, and you know, especially in like was Animal House when he runs into the Comic Con, uh, not Animal, House, yeah, and he just yells nerd because he's just making fun of everyone but now it's yeah. it's really cool like all of these things that like we were picked on as kids reading comic books and that kind of stuff it's cool it's modern it's it's the now but it's not just those things you can be a nerd for books you can be a nerd for music you can be you know a nerd for tech and all that kind of stuff so what are some of the other things that you nerd out out yeah uh it's pretty broad uh so I've got
1: Within music, there's like composition and arrangement and that kind of stuff. Um, but then there's also like the recording side of things and getting into, uh, you know, microphones and pickup patterns and uh, the difference between the, the difference that a sound makes on attenuate. Uh, sorry, the difference like a capacitor can make on how you attenuate a sound, whether you're using like a mylar versus a ceramic capacitor and like sure. just like the <laughs> micro, like, yeah, right. like. <laughs> I get real into that stuff. Yeah,
0: that's um, intense. That's cool. Yeah,
1: um, I've I've built like some microphones and, and done some stuff like that before. Oh wow, that's uh, nuts. Yeah, and then uh, I really love woodworking uh, and like playing guitar and playing I was, music. I so I'm definitely for the woodworking one. Yeah, I definitely that at don't... some point want to make my own guitar. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very particular about. I'm very like precise with things so I want it to to have sort of a very specific neck shape and feel to the instrument like so that I can try to accomplish the sound I'm looking for from it sure yeah have you made like Um, a
0: like a makeshift something where you just like threw a pickup on like a slab of wood and gave you a rough neck to see if you could get the mechanics of it yet or yeah, I've done I've done some like rough stuff. Sure. Nothing that you would want to play or is in,
1: in any kind of it, like the thing that I did was closer to a lap steel than anything. Okay, oh, cool. right? Like there's it's it's just free floating strings, no real fretboard, um, just a pickup over some suspended <laughs> strings. Um, oh
0: man, you broke some shit. Oh man.
1: No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I dropped a. I I use fidget spinners while I'm uh while I'm talking. I uh, end typically. Up-
0: I end up fidgeting with my ring, but I switched out and got like one of these rubber ones. Spider-Man ring. So I don't take it off as much and fidget with it because I don't want to lose the expensive ones. (laughs) But yeah, no, I just
1: dropped dropped a fidget spinner just now. Um, But yeah, and then uh, I've got, yeah, so woodworking, I've I've built a lot of uh, the furniture in our home.
0: Um, Oh, yeah, that's right. Didn't you build a couch? I did build a couch. Yeah, I saw the couch, didn't I? yeah yeah, uh, yeah is yeah, it yeah. greenish kind of if i recall well i'm colorblind so i wouldn't know but yeah oh okay i didn't <laughs> yeah. even get into that one yeah. of the one of the guys on my podcast is colorblind which colorblind are you i'm okay i was an optician for 10 years so what, what colorblind are you i think i did know this um so you know how there's, there's like three there's ones. like there's
1: three major ones um but then you can sort of be like a blend
0: of the that's kind of that third ish one where it's very it there's one that's just like yeah, a vague sort of whatever.
1: Yeah, that's I'm that one. Okay. I'm yeah, I'm not I'm not duo or tr- or what is it? Pro duo or trip or trope. I'm trip. not really one of those. Trip,
0: yeah. I think it's trip. I, it's I haven't been yeah. in the industry for a year, so I chose to forget everything now, but sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah,
1: no, I uh I have um I was diagnosed with scotopic sensitivity and so it's like it's beyond me it's a weird it's like a I don't know if it's like where the uh the difference from normal occurs if it's at like the lens level of my eye if or if it's like at the brain level like where on the spectrum sure of like it processing does it not compute correctly or typically like what to how the normal person or a typical person sees color or or processes visual information i don't know where like the hiccup happens got it Um, i mean the majority of it is all
0: like rods and cones and
1: yeah um basically there's like some colors like i'm sensitive to and they just are too loud and i can't unsee them ever right like they're just if there's a hint of it like it's that's all it's like just this beacon that's possibly migrate inducing right and then
0: and then everything else as a result is just muted how does that affect like your gameplay experience like i know a lot of games now have the uh the whole you know uh, you can change it and make it for like colorblind awareness and, and you make it so that it feels better do you use mm-hmm. those modes a lot or you oh, always yeah always yeah I,
1: I, I mess around with them to figure out which one because it for me it's uh I need a difference in value not hue right um that's the biggest thing that will make my life easier as a as a gamer right and so um I'll mess with filters and, and all the settings and everything until I find something that kind of works um there's some games that are absolutely unplayable for me because they lack those features. I'm uh, sure. A and then there's some man. games that lack yeah. those features
0: that I'm still able to play somehow. I know that uh, I was a big Call of Duty guy, like Call of Duty Two, like on the 360 it was like it was like a launch title. I played all of those and and everything, and I could never get my friend to do it. And I keep forgetting that he was colorblind. And I'm like, man, let's play, let's play, let's play. And he's like, I can't physically play those games because at that time they didn't really integrate the technology too much. But he's like, it just everything sort of blurs together and the 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 amount of quick motion that you're doing. And like he's like, I can't do it because it it's everything in those games was all World War II. So there was a lot of like browns and greens and like on the color spectrum, they would, they were so close to each other where Mm -hmm. they were that they became like the same color. And he's like, I can't see if there's someone in laying in that field of grass, even if, you know, more than you can't see him because they were impossible to see. And I was like, that's rough. So I know that, um, we were playing borderlands Two, And, uh, we, we all had like a land party and we're all sitting around with our screens and I turn and I'm like, why the hell does your screen look so weird? And he's like, dude, I'm fucking colorblind. How many times? I'm like, mm-hmm. right, my bad. Yeah. My bad. And he hasn't seen um the new logo yet. This is brand new. I just designed this. What? Uh, so I I was like, I, I'm I want to throw it to him and be like, Can you is this? I don't he's like, I don't he probably won't care, but I don't want to be like giving him something where he's like, I can't see what you're doing, and I don't mm-hmm. read the, the blend. So it's always interesting seeing how people overcome that um, uh, in video games. And, you know, if something's worth it, I'm sure that, you know, not the migraine inducing, but if there's a game that's worth it, you'll probably just be like, it's rough, but I'll play it. As as that sounds about right. Uh, To an extent. Um,
1: I also have a contact lens that I can put in my non-dominant eye that basically acts as this like weird filter. And then my brain sort of like, it doesn't, turn i don't know it's it basically like averages everything out between my non-dominant and my dominant eye and it allows me to see colors more accurately to how other people do that's cool um but yeah so i'll use that sometimes
0: technology's Uh, come a very long way
1: yeah yeah it's uh that one's interesting um but i like i
0: suck at putting contacts in so i almost never wear it sure that was part of my job was teaching people how to do it. And the funny thing is, for anybody who gives a shit, kids get it faster than adults because kids don't have, they're like, I don't, you know, someone who's, who's never been told, don't, you know, like, don't touch your eye all the time and that kind of stuff. Like, the younger you are, the less that's set in. And so mm-hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, pop, cool. But, like, you know, I'll get, like, a 50-year-old. Who has to come back four different times? Because I'm not going to spend more than thirty minutes with you trying to teach you that. It's really interesting how how people will um, can do it. So I I will not wear contacts. I can teach you how to put them in. I can put it in. I will not wear it for more than ten minutes. So it's see. Fine. It takes me ten minutes to put mine in. Yeah, it's not great. I don't. Yeah. I I I can only do it well because I had to, and that's my life not anymore thank god um yeah i do like to wear that contact though if i'm going to read comic books sure sure yeah. that would make sense because that's half of what you're doing is yeah is the visual um okay as we are wrapping up because i went on a we went on a massive talent a, a tangent about colorblindness i apologize for that nice. um uh, i like to always end with uh the kind of what are you watching what are you reading what are you playing what are you you into right now what are you doing with your life uh (laughs) so right right now uh reading through
1: kith and kin it's a critical role book about uh vaxeldon and vexalia a pair of twins from the first campaign of critical role okay uh it's sort of their origin story how they came to be the this like ranger and rogue twin sibling badass duo uh and then uh watching oh what am i watching i'm watching a lot of stuff uh there's this uh, watching through that that elden ring series with uh dan floyd and then there's this one youtuber broadbent uh he is doing a modded valheim playthrough okay uh and so he's he's already played through the game before and now he's going back through and he's like all right i'm gonna do quality of life mods i'm gonna do mods that expand on the survival mechanics and and give me more kind of things to do and experience uh so watching through that he's he's just genuine like generally delightful with the way he approaches games um and then uh, it's still playing elden Ring, like just as soon as we get done that's what I'm about to go do honestly. <laughs> sure.
0: Sure. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um you watching any like TV shows, like mainstream shows anything? Um keeping up with Moon Knight.
1: I haven't seen the latest one that came out this week. Uh but that one's been sealed. It's so good. Like I love what they've been doing with that. I'm
0: really excited for Obi-Wan. Oh, I'm so uh, excited. Or
1: is it Kenobi or Obi-Wan? I forgot what they oh. called it.
0: Oh, I think it's called Obi-Wan. Yeah. Shit, I'm excited for that. Uh,
1: because that's just gonna be incredible. Um yeah, what else am I watching that's like more mainstream? Yeah, that's really it
0: right now. That's good. Hey I mean, man, that, that's there's yeah. a lot to do. So you know, keep it keep it simple. Don't watch 10 things at once. That's just how you lose your mind. Mm-hmm. Um nice. Well, that would that's I mean i dig it <laughs> yeah. thank you very much for coming on man and 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 sharing your experience and and you know i really hope that uh, others can uh, find some value in this enjoy it um i i i know that we didn't have a ton of time and uh there's so much more i would love to dig into not just in the gaming industry but i would love to just nerd out with you some more but uh um, I've got an anniversary dinner coming up so I got to get to that because it's sure. you know, almost six o'clock here for me I know it's only like 10 30 for you but hey um, or eleven thirty 30 at this point mm-hmm. but uh, are you active on social medias where can people find you if they want to follow or are you doing anything like that yeah I've got an insta uh, I think it's
1: at aaron.h.cook uh sure. if you want to actually have a conversation with me, LinkedIn is the best place to do that. I've got the link right up here somewhere. Top of the screen. Take it. Yeah. So uh LinkedIn.com uh slash I think it's IN slash Aaron H cook. It sure is. Um, you got that yeah. right reading backwards, probably. Yep. Uh and then uh yeah, th- those are the main ways to get a hold of me if, if you wanna follow or if you follow me on Insta, it's mostly gonna be pictures of my dog.
0: Sure, which is, I mean, that's half of why people are on Insta. So, sure. um, yeah, we didn't even get into, you know, uh, uh, Full sale and, and what you've done to help other people. So, we'll, you know, I would love to have you back and get into that more and, and, and do it again. Um, I'll say this: uh, hang out for a few, uh, you know, after the recording stops. But uh, otherwise, you know, uh, if you really liked this episode, um, this has been The Modern Nerd. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, uh, if you want to see some more content like this, put some... Uh, 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 notes in the comments. I'll be very active and everything like that. Otherwise, Aaron, thank you very much for your time. And um, we will hopefully see you again soon.
1: Yeah, thank you.